Hey everyone, welcome to Wiki University, the podcast that combines stupidity and learning, and sometimes learning and stupidity. I'm Kyle Berseth, the professor of WikiU and Dean, and any number of other titles I want to give myself. But also, I'm here too. I know, I'm about to introduce you too. Well, get to it, I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay, well, I am joined, as always, by WikiU's Sumacum, he's a he's a he's a Suma of WikiU, our number one student here at the university, Jason Nunez. Hey everybody, thanks for coming by once again. Welcome to Wiki University. For those of you if it's your first time, welcome. For those of you returning, welcome back. First and foremost, please remember to review, like us wherever you're hearing this podcast, and also subscribe and like us on our socials at WikiU. And second, and second most, Jason, you have a topic for class today. Uh, you, you dang on right, I got a topic for today. Okay. I, this uh, piqued my interest once I learned what, uh, like what it was. I had heard this word before, not knowing that it meant something else. I took it as a, uh, uh, a slur. A slur to my intelligence. What's the word? Tell, I mean, people are on the edges of their seat here. And that's where I'm going to keep you. No, don't edge them. <laughs> Let look it at, all out. Look at me in the eyes as I edge you. So the word is dingbats. I don't know. I've only known dingbat as, as a sort of like... A oh, slur? Look at, look at that dingbat over there trying to... Uh, you know, do this, do that. An idiot, a bozo, a yes. dummy, a, a stupid person. Uh, yes, an imbecile. A, a klutz, maybe even. Yeah. Hmm. But... But there's another meaning. Little did I know, it's got another meaning. The meaning is, I believe, is the type of structural building of a, of a multifamily type of... Uh, Apartment or, or condos, correct? Okay. Where there is a parking structure underneath it. But I don't mean under the ground. I mean the first level is the parking structure, an open parking structure. Walk-up apartment, you With drive into the... The living quarters are above it. Are above it. Okay. And, and now how are, did you learn those, about this? Those are called dingbats. Uh, you know, I like I drive around... LA and I see all these things and I say, Hey, what is that? That seems to be, is that local to LA? Uh, yeah, they are very common in LA. Very common. And as I did a little bit more research, just a little bit, because we're going to do some more today. Okay. Uh, I believe they are at this moment in time, uh, illegal to build, to build a new dingbat. Mm. Those are just not, I believe, uh, structurally safe, especially in a city like Los Angeles where, an earthquake, the big one, can hit any moment. At any moment. They, I do follow a structural engineer on Instagram, and they are constantly doing earthquake retrofit projects on dingbats. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Because they, they constantly need uh, work to be done on it. So if you're, if you're staying at an Airbnb in the Los Angeles area, you don't want to go for the dingbat. I mean, you'll probably be safe for a weekend. Well, I'm just saying, honestly, they're not like, they're not pretty. I think they can be done tastefully if you do them right, but the name isn't doing any help. I think it's a, it's a certain taste. It's, uh, it's not, it's not classy. You know what? It's, it's beneath me, if well, I may personally Well, the say. parking's beneath you. Exactly. It's beneath the dingbat. I will say, I think in a lot of movies, these dingbat style apartments 
are very like it's the quintessential yes. 1960s 1970s apartment with a kidney shaped pool in the courtyard the stairs and the balconies are all or they're not even balconies they're walkways they're all outside facing right. inward and it's yeah it's your quintessential like swinger apartment right yeah Qu- uh you said kidney pool yeah now kidney like kidney like is that the shape of like almost like a tri- like an oblong triangle well, it's the shape of a kidney, Just a kidney. or like, like a, a kidney, kidney bean? bean. Yeah, okay. it's it's the classic like whoop. It's got a a round swoop and then an indentation and another swoop. Very popular in the 1960s. I mean, that's an article for another day, or maybe right after Dingbat. Yeah, it goes along with. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that could that go with uh, Googie architecture? Like, is is that like would you find a I kidney call bean it- table? Inside of a googie. I mean, that's all. All those influences are mixing together at the same time. Okay. Mid-century modern googie. Oh, so kidney. The kidney thing is mid-century modern. Yeah, I would put it at mid-century modern, pretty heavily. And I don't I, like that shape. Do you like that shape? Uh, you know, I'm not a pool guy at all. I think we should fill them all in with dirt. So pool aside, I feel like that's also like a sofa shape or a coffee table shape. You do not like that shape, or I do you not do? Like, I do, I not do like. like the shape because I think pools are inherently dangerous. They're slippery. Off and the pool. I, I Off mean, the pool. No, subject. No, no, we're Let's talking get out of the pool. pool. You will we're never touch a pool. a pool. You will never touch I've a pool. Pools. I've dipped you my would not, toes barely, in pools. Barely. I've got up to my my waist in a pool. I doesn't that you just get off the pool. That's a danger zone for you. It's a danger zone. Anyway, what I like about a kidney bean shape or a kidney shape is it's a very organic shape. It it's something more natural than these hard lines. I I agree with that. I like me a nice um curved uh triangle similar to my coffee table i don't know if you've seen what's a curved triangle triangle has three points dude right so replace the the, the points, points with, with curves, curves. Uh, well we're almost at a kidney right there almost you're but flirting you're s- with it uh, uh, yeah, yeah it's too much curve the kidney has too much curve no i disagree i need a little bit more straight lines i need something with structure well i think getting back to mid-century modern so much of it is straight, clean lines. So having a nice little kidney in there, kind of nice, especially if it's a pool. Now, when you're around the pool, they can get slippery, and you don't want all those sharp corners. You don't, First off, you didn't know that. It was, you haven't gone to the pool. When's I've, the last time you went to the pool? Do you go to water parks? Yeah. Well, a pool is not a water park. A water park is a death trap. A pool is... Didn't say a pool was a water park, and now you're saying that it's a death trap? A water park? Yeah. It's a filthy death trap, not because you can drown there, because of the infections and the bacteria that's all over the place. Anyway, let's get back to dingbat here. Let's start with dingbat. We haven't even gotten into it. A dingbat is a type of apartment building that flourished in the Sunbelt region of the United States in the 1950s and 60s, a vernacular variation of shoebox-style stucco boxes. Dingbats are boxy, two- or three-story apartment houses with overhangs sheltering street-front parking. They remain widely in use today as, quote-unquote, bastions of affordable shelter. I think people are drawn to it because it's almost displaying the fact that you do have a parking spot. Mm, (laughs) You think people are proudly displaying. No, no, no. I mean, like, people would... 
Meaning like renters or people looking for a place. Oh. They'd be like, oh, wow, that is already attractive off the bat. Yes. Because it ha- I know it has parking. I got you. Yeah, it's got at least one space, guaranteed. Not always guaranteed. I know someone that lives in a dingbat. They don't have a space on street parking. They don't have the space or they don't have the money to get that space? That's a good question. But if there's limited spaces, you need a little more money to well, buy the space. Get more money then, bro. Get on that. <laughs> Mainly found in Southern California, but also in Arizona, Florida, Hawaii, Nevada, and Vancouver, dingbats are known for their down-market status and inexpensive rents. Wow, they're just trashing dingbats. Because I told you, it's very it's not classy, and I am, I am above it. Some replaced more distinctive but less profitable building structures, such as single-family Victorian homes, Since the 1950s, they have been the subject of aesthetic interest as examples of mid-century modern designs and kitsch, since many dingbats have theme names and specialized trim. All trim is specialized when I'm involved. I was waiting for something to be said. Dingbats are also reviled as socially alienating visual blights. California historian Leonard Pitt said of them, quote-unquote, the dingbat typifies Los Angeles apartment building architecture at its worst. I agree. From a structural engineering perspective, the tuck-under parking arrangement may create a soft story. Oh, that's what this structural engineering company call it. They call it a soft story retrofit. If the residential levels are supported on slender columns, without many shear walls in the parking level. Soft story buildings can collapse during an earthquake. Do you want to go to either history or architecture, construction, and styling? Or demolition and preservation efforts? Yeah, let's do that. Or, okay, demolition and preservation efforts? Yeah, who wants to preserve them? Who's like, save the dingbats? Well, you know, everything is cyclical, so... Now, there's enough of them that have been around the long enough where they create some nostalgia, I think. Right, but at what point does nostalgia outweigh, like, safety and common sense? I think we're probably finding out. <laughs> Let's dive in deep. Their bare architecture and boxy appearance mean that dingbats are considered an eyesore and a demolition target in many towns. A city plan for Sarasota, Florida, adopted in 2000, included a gallery of buildings found in the city, with only the dingbat being pointed out as an undesirable building type. Similarly, in 1999, the Northern California city of El Cerrito published a master plan in which older stucco box apartment buildings will be replaced with more up-to-date and better quality apartments and condominiums. A master plan. The final solution. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We'll get rid of all these dingbats. You know, it's interesting because I think modern apartment buildings... I mostly think of like these big ones that say luxury living and they have a courtyard and a pool. And I think they're pretty boring too. Like they're just big boxes and a lot of them can be pretty tasteless and 
I don't know. I I think it, there's bad taste apartments Definitely. across the board. But I think something like what you're describing, at least there's a sense of trying. There's a sense of here's a communal courtyard. Sure, it might be one bench and a measly little fountain. I told you about the kidney pools, though. That's or, a communal courtyard. Or the, or the kidney pool. But uh, I think something with the dingbat is just... Again, the eyesore is just right there. I think there's good examples of dingbats. Not to mention... And some really bad examples. Not to mention the vehicles that are most likely parked in these dingbats. That can be... Are also eyesores in themselves. Oh, yeah, because Jason thinks they all belong to poor people. I didn't... I mean, yes. <laughs> I like watching you start to backtrack and then just lean into it. Well, I'm just saying it's like, oh, that's not what I thought, but yes, that is what is true. Dingbats are decreed by many urban planners due to their relatively lower densities and large parking areas, which reduces the attractiveness and usefulness of street level pedestrian space. One design magazine states that, quote-unquote, the construction of one dingbat on a street of elegant row houses is enough to send property values plummeting and subsequently calls for more form-based codes, a type of building design ordinance that distinguishes between the aesthetic value of dingbats and row houses. I do think row houses are, you know, you get... They embrace the street more. Oh, yeah. When you have parking in the back or a garage in the back as opposed to parking right up front, obviously, aesthetically, that's going to look better. Right. Aesthetically pleasing, aesthetically speaking, you look into you look at a street and when there's certain cars like parked, you know, let's say crossing like interjecting through the sidewalk. Oh, I hate the car interjecting through the sidewalk. Hate that interjection. Hate it. I mean, the, very, ga- the gall in these people. Very common in L.A. I know. Because people, be, everyone has too many cars Parking in L.A. Parking is so scarce. Yeah. Scars. Yeah. <laughs> Peter oh. Skarsgård. <laughs> Come on down to Skarsgård's parking. Hey, that's a great name for Skarsgård a parking structure. Or, or Skarsgård's cars. Like, it's he's a used car salesman. Oh, okay. I was still in the realm of parking lots, but... Hey, yeah, yeah. you park your used cars there, you sell a car, then you got an open space. That's beautiful. I think we're contributing to more of the problem with the here in <laughs> L.A. with the car situation. We're selling cars, too. But but go on. Oh, anyway, um, parking is such an issue, and then people use their garage for storage in L.A. because yeah. it doesn't rain here, so then they just leave their car outside, blocks the sidewalk, they put their second car they like double part. It's a real pain in the ass. We are thinking in our neighborhood, you know, we're the only one on the street without a garage. Sometimes we oh, come back. We have one car. Sometimes we come home. We never have a parking spot. Not never. Every once in a while, we don't have a parking spot. Mm. Does that tick? How our, much does that tick you off? It annoys me because all our neighbors have like five cars each. Yeah. And they're not leaving us one spot in front of our house. So we're thinking of installing a spike garage. Oh, a spike garage. And uh, coming, remind, remind the good people at home what the spike garage is. Well, a spike garage is a garage that is constructed out of spite for coming home and not having a parking spot. So not only will we remove two spots from the street by 
installing by our, having an opening by having an opening we will also have two parking spaces for our one car yeah, which would like, result in four parking spaces because we have the opening like and the, we have the two in the garage the taste of revenge is so sweet oh. that i'm thinking how can i get a piece of that like, <laughs> you want i want a little bit i want to <laughs> invest in that revenge because it's like oh yeah to, to look to look at your neighbors in the eyes and and see them just I thought you would want to invest in the parking aspect, but you want to invest in, in the, the revenge, spite in aspect. The spite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The returns on that. I mean, I can't even put a number on it. Right. Spite is more pl- uh, flavorful. I mean, you got to come over here and try to park around like, I don't know, 11 p.m. on a Sunday sometime. Sure. So you can then Feel really it. appreciate it once... You're an investor in the spike garage. I say go for it, man. Everyone else is a garage. I would feel like uh, like the wrong end of the 1%. All right. I'm on it. Spike garage. Let's see. However, the tendency of dingbats to lower property values in an area can be highly beneficial to working class renters who would otherwise be unable to afford housing in the area. The widespread construction of dingbats across Southern California in the 1950s and 60s, along with the accompanying decrease in property values, was a major catalyst for the subsequent backlash by NIMBY groups, which greatly restricted multifamily construction throughout the region. Are you familiar with NIMBY? I am not. Um... NIMBY stands for not in my backyard. Ooh. Yeah, dingbats, not in, in my, my backyard. backyard. Get out of here. Was it so? Is this like the male version of Mad? <laughs> Mothers Against Drunk Driving? No, NIMBY is male and female. Okay, I just I always see it as like you know the old guy get off my yard kind of thing. No, it can be the old lady get off my yard kind of thing. She's a smoker. Get out! Get off my backyard kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, she's a smoker. She's out there smoking. That's why she sees what's going on. Okay, here's our neck of the woods. In 2016, authors Thurman Grant and Joshua Stein, in conjunction with the Los Angeles Forum for Architecture and Urban Design, published the book Dingbat 2.0, the iconic Los Angeles apartment as projection of the metropolis that details the historical, sociological, and architectural importance of the dingbats in Los Angeles. Grant argues that the dingbat can be considered an icon of the 20th century in all its kitschy glory and that demolishing the buildings would remove an essential part of Los Angeles history. Oh, no, Jason. I mean, some history doesn't need to stay. It can still be history, you know? You know, I like that approach. Because I follow the L.A. Conservancy, and I'm about to put them on blast. Ooh, but yo, blast them. Bla- blast them, Kyle. So the L.A. Conservancy, I'm all for unique architecture, but then they'll post, like, something, a business that's in the valley. It There's nothing unique about the architecture. The unique thing is the history of what went on in the business. Okay. And they're like, we need to preserve this building. And it's like, the building isn't historic the important thing right it's what went on in the building the building's just a box that's not notable right unfortunately i mean i agree yeah it's as opposed to something like el pino 
where that is a living thing. Yeah. That is something that is not just a box. That is something that is not just constructed by by a person. something unique. That's something that's been there for probably over 100 years. Mm -hmm. So I I agree, Kyle. Kill the dingbats, save the trees. Thank you. Whereas, uh, now I will say, some of these businesses, they'll say, like, this was the... And this is just an example. Yeah. But usually it's cultural in nature. Like this is a longstanding gay bar. Right. Or this was the. Is it gay bar? It's longstanding? Like erect? Erect. Erect. Fully erect gay bar. This is the location of the first like um, Jewish bakery in L.A. or something. Longstanding? Erect as well? Fully erect Jewish bakery. Yeah. Still. I mean, it is the conservancy. They're trying to save these erections. So. You know, I understand the cultural significance. And then there's other buildings that do have a unique architecture that are also similar in like this is a low income housing example from the 1920s. And it houses a you know certain population and has like cultural significance. But it's also architecturally interesting that I'm like, well, this one has it all. Right, so you're saying that let's save La- yeah. that let's make sure that's very people aren't getting save. kicked out of their homes and yeah. not replaced with some yeah okay. Whereas a business, great. if the business is still there, great. But if the business is no longer there, put a plaque up or something. Right, that's all you're telling really, the history. Yeah, yeah. put a write a wiki up, article. Or, put a, I mean, if it's that important to you, put a fucking flame on it and uh, don't let it burn out. You know. Oh wait, no fires. Like an LA. eternal flame. Yeah, yeah. Put an eternal flame. Like, if you're saying we don't have to keep the building, the building is now what's important. But yet the other side is like, well, you know, what happened here is important. We should, you know, some sort of flame, some sort of uh, to commemorate it. So I'm saying, oh, okay, so why not just like, okay, if you're so in love with it, just have an eternal flame like the like the unknown soldier. Right. I think maybe you're thinking of JFK's grave. Both. Okay. I thought we found out that the unknown soldier was JFK. Okay. So here's dingbats in popular culture. We're going to head to JFK's memorial after this, I think. Okay. Or kidney pulls. Photographer Leslie Marlene Siegel has been documenting the Southern California dingbat in photos since the 1990s. Wow. She's maybe made a career out of this. Her catalog now comprises of over 2,300 images and culminated in a 2003 solo show called Apartment Living is Great. Another Los Angeles artist, Clive Percy, published a 480-image photography book the same year. Competitors, wow. Does she do weddings? Mm, Good question. Only at Dingbats. Dingbat Weddings. In the 1998 film The Slums of Beverly Hills, teenager Viv, played by Natasha Leon, laments that her family is constantly moving from one dingbat to another. Natasha Leon, she's she's good. I like her. She's from Russian Doll. She was also oh, she was right, also in American right. Pie. Yeah, great voice. Fun. Yes, I like that raspiness. Yeah, yeah. great raspiness. A lot of people voice. gave the raspiness um, accolades to Tara Reid. Oh, you know, really? She has a, uh, a, a yeah, raspy voice, but I like hers as well. I forget, what's her name again? Full name? Natasha Leon. Leon is a cool last name. Okay, do you want to go to Kidney Pool or JFK's memorial? We're really in the 60s here. So you're saying the internal flame is for JFK? Not it's for not the internal, unknown. it's eternal. 
the right but it's external because it's outside so the external eternal flame is for jfk not for the tomb of the unknown soldier i believe so are they like across from each other you know how like the they're in the vicinity you know how like the washington monument is right across from the lincoln memorial yeah right is it like that but like a shorter distance Hold on, you're asking me too many questions for me to keep up with here. <laughs> Sorry. There's actually a ton of eternal flames. That's part <laughs> That's of the problem. That's what I'm saying. So it's like just so yeah. So if you're all about your building and what happened to it, and it's just another beige building, well then let's tear it down, throw up an eternal flame. Okay, so I went to Eternal Flame, just the overarching article. So hopefully we can get to notable eternal flame. Okay. An eternal flame is a flame lamp or a torch that burns for an... Wait, it can just be a lamp? Yeah, it could be in a lamp, like an oil lamp, probably. Okay, okay, I see. It burns for an identifi- indefinite time. Most eternal flames are ignited and tended intentionally, but some are natural phenomena caused by natural gas leaks, like uh, the fire in Centralia. Oh, true. It's <laughs> an eternal flame, I guess. That's an app you guys want to catch back on. So they can be caused by natural gas leaks, peat fires, and coal seam fires, all of which can be initially ignited by lighting something or human activity, some of which have burned for a long time. In ancient times, eternal flames were fueled by wood or olive oil. Let me read you this one, because this was going to be a topic of mine for another day, but we're here Ooh, now. Ooh, a tease. Are you teasing no, us? No, we're just doing this. Full on, oh, no edging? It's the dark... Darvaza Gas Crater. Ooh. Do you see that thing? Yeah, yeah. The Darvaza Gas Crater, also known as the Door to Hell or Gates of Hell, is a burning natural gas field collapsed into a cavern near Darvaza, Turkmenistan. Accurate records of how the crater ignited have not been discovered and some facts are disputed. One of the more popular theories is that Soviet geologists intentionally set it on fire in 1971 to prevent the spread of methane gas, and it is thought to have been burning continuously ever since. The gas crater has an area of one and one-third acres. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, its diameter is 226 feet, and its depth is 98 feet. The crea- the crater has become a popular tourist attraction. The surrounding area is also popular for wild desert camping. I'm surprised, uh, or maybe it has become more of, like, aside from uh, a tourist attraction, like they've tried to kind of um, uh, financially benefit from that. Like, maybe they have a couple of um, hotels that yeah. like close oh, yeah. by you know how like people just like are Sleep into that danger. devil right because you know yeah. how they have like that hotel that's like all ice or all underwater oh and yeah so maybe they have like a hotel that's like all lava based or like adjacent to or you. dingbats to start uh building some dingbats because they're cheaper dingbat. that could be what if they like shaped it like a kidney bean pool okay i'm on the tomb of the unknown soldier now okay, with respect yeah, oh, yeah. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is a historic monument dedicated to deceased U.S. service members whose remains have not been identified. It is located in Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia. Uh, the World War I Unknown is a recipient of the Medal of Honor, the Victoria Cross, and several other foreign nations' highest service awards. The U.S. Unknowns who were interred 
are also recipients of the Medal of Honor presented by U.S. presidents who presided over their funerals. The, mu- the monument has no officially designated name. Tomb guards. Hmm. I don't see anything about the design here. I don't. S- All right. I'm going to Arlington National Cemetery. Great. I've been there. I walked it. I've talked Same. it. It's amazing. It didn't stick with us more. We know there's a flame. I'm pretty sure it's with Kennedy, but I'm not positive. The National Cemetery was established during the Civil War on the grounds of Arlington House, previously the estate of Mary Ann Custis Lee, a great-granddaughter of Martha Washington and wife Robert E. Lee. Same Robert E. Lee? Same Martha Washington? I assume they both have links here. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying... Robert E. Lee... When George Washington was, you know, uh, arrested for treason, she remarried with uh, Robert E. Lee? This is the great-granddaughter of Martha Washington and the wife of Robert E. Lee. That's so incestual. Yeah, these higher-up people. It's like... It's a little gross. It is. It is. Especially when Robert E. Lee was fighting for the South and George Washington. His whole legacy is for like revolution and freedom. Right. And it's all like every there's one political party. Right. As long as the people in power keep fucking. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I see Nixon. Nixon has an eternal flame. Do all presidents have an eternal flame? No. Or just libraries? They all have libraries. Even the ones I can't read. <laughs> well, name one that can't I don't, that's read? up for the audience discussion. <laughs> I don't want to get political. God. <laughs> can't fucking spoon feed everything into these fucks. Hey, the space shuttle the space shuttle challenger memorial was dedicated on May twentieth, nineteen eighty six, in memory of the crew uh who died during the launch. So they they commemorize it by having an eternal fire? No. The, oh, I thought we were on eternal fire still. Okay, I found JFK Because right here. then it explode? You're associating every grave with an eternal flame. First off, if I don't have an eternal flame at my grave... You're not getting an eternal flame. Yeah, yeah, I am. It's going to be in my will. Among the most frequently visited sites in the cemetery is the grave of President JFK and Jacqueline Kennedy, who is buried nearby, along with their son Patrick and their stillborn daughter Arabella. Kennedy's remains were interred there on March 14, 1967, a reinterment from his original Arlington burial site some 20 feet away, where he was buried in November 1963. The grave is marked by an eternal flame. The remains of his brother, Senator Robert F. Kennedy, and Senator Ted Kennedy are buried nearby. The latter two graves are marked with simple crosses and footstones. On December 1st, 1971, Robert Kennedy's body was reinterred. They loved digging up the Kennedys, digging up dirt on the Kennedys, hey. and then putting it back to putting dirt back on the Kennedys. That's the other thing. Now you mentioned the Kennedys. It's like, does the whole family need to be involved in politics? Like, not, you know what I mean? Like, take a look at your own family and just be like, hey, I could see one or two, like, doing great. I can't see the whole family <laughs> taking on this profession. Whatever it may be, it doesn't even have to be politics. Like, you you pick shouldn't one, be making laws. You know, you're right. No. <laughs> 
But no, it's fine as long as it's got the Kennedy name. Okay, I am going now to Kidney Pool. The Kennedy Kidney Pool? Uh-oh. Kidney Pool did not come up. Yeah, I'm willing to bet that specific type of shape of a Guaranteed. pool. Guaranteed. Not even like, Guaranteed. it's not even a type of pool. It's the shape of a pool. Huh. I don't think there's an article. That's impossible to me. Is that right? I mean, Meaning I, it's impossible to you? Because I, I could have told you that there is no specific um, kidney bean pool article. There's probably pool articles, home pools, above ground pools. Okay, after much searching, Jason. Yeah, yeah. There is no article for kidney bean pool or kidney pool, and I'm pretty shocked. You are? Why yeah. is that? I mean, it's a notable pool type. I don't I I think you're I think you're very incorrect on that. I think it's a pool shape, a notable pool shape. Notable pool it, shape. <laughs> notable pool shape. I don't think it's a notable pool type. Oh that. yeah, okay. I think a pool type would be like uh like in one ground, with, above in ground, ground, above ground, maybe one with just lanes, maybe a wave pool. Okay. Maybe a I stand correct. Diving pool, you know. That's it's a saying. notable pool shape. Okay, yeah, I think so. And I can't believe there's not an article for it because I know in my searches there's an article on Wikipedia for about how to put toilet paper on the roll, whether you put it over or under. There's an article for that. Oh, how over. is there not? Of course it's over. Yeah. I mean, there shouldn't be an article. Everyone knows the correct answer. Hold on. The people that put it under Psychopath. live in a dingbat. That's for a, sure. That's a guarantee. For sure. Guarantee yes. people who do it under oh my God. dingbat people. You Hence are the where name. you live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. God that's sick. Oh, I feel sick sad. And and if you live that way, not in a dingbat. If you are, I mean, maybe. No, if you live in a dingbat. But if, you're, if you live in a dingbat and you're putting your toilet paper yeah. on the backside and it's just hanging loose down there. How could you live above ground yet be so low? But seriously. Yeah, yeah. I would change it up. Get a second job. Loading toilet paper rolls so you can practice. <laughs> Upside up. Right upright, side up. Right side yeah. up. Toilet. Right side up? You mean upside? The correct way. Right. Over. Yes. Over. Over. Who? Under. Jesus. Jeez. Anyway. I, what do I, you, you, you probably wipe up, too. Like, meaning, like, from inside up. Like. Oh, my God. There was a guy that I was friends with in college. And this was the last day I was friends with him. And he was showing you how I don't know how it came up. Somebody said, you know, he said something about, you know, when you're wiping and he did like a reach around the front. And we were like we were in a group and it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Go back there. Hold on. You do what? Like, I don't even think that was taught to me. Like, that's just instinct. Like who? <laughs> yes. Like I don't remember a step by step. This is how, well. Then again, probably during that time, you don't remember it. Yeah. But I have no recollection. Like to me, it's like almost you don't think about it. It's kind of like uh, like breathing. You're just it's not like breathing. You're reach, not thinking about reach it. Reach around it the back. Happens. Don't yeah. reach from in between your legs. And for a guy too, I I would argue that it's even worse for women because ladies hear me out. It's right there. You you don't want to swipe up from from <laughs> what you just got done. Like it, right. it's a bacteria. It's That's a bacteria issue. It's yeah. mixing. You don't right. want that mixing. 
Uh, anyway, I mean, I feel upset now on, on no, many levels. That's that's a concoction that's going to make nobody happy. Right. So anyway, people in dingbats are loading their toilet paper wrong and wiping from the front. Yeah. Ugh, these people. Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up. We're not going to find kidney pool, unfortunately. So I got to get to typing. I got to get to editing Wikipedia. Hey, who gives a hoot and a half about a pool when we got the beach side, baby? <laughs> okay, yeah, I do hate pools. I did start this episode by saying fill them all in with dirt. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Pools, your your uh, worst enemy. Your, you're on my shit list. Your kryptonite. Exactly. Well, water's more the kryptonite, not the not the thing that holds it. Well, I mean, I would argue that I. What if I just threw a glass of water at you? That's not your kryptonite, mm, right? True. Yeah. So it's a blar- a body of water. A body. And I think the smallest body of water that could potentially put you in harm's way is, is a, a above ground. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say tub. But I'm like, no, you're right above that. Like you can handle the tub. I can handle it unless I slip. Right. Can you handle a jacuzzi? Yeah, I can handle a jacuzzi. Yeah, look, I can handle pools, okay? Okay. I can handle them, just not the deep end. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it depends where you got to start, my friend. Yeah. With hey, a life jacket on. With a life jacket on. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please come back again. Please remember to write a review. Uh, give us a like on RL socials. And please remember to tell a friend or an enemy. And follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Wiki University. Thanks for listening and watching. Bye. See you on the next one.